the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary Prayer, Psalm 45 Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophi. Hear, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your Lord, bow to him with joy and gladness. They are led along as they enter the palace of the king. Reading the Word First reading Revelation chapter 11 Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple, and there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. A great portent appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pangs in the agony of giving birth. Then another portent appeared in heaven, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman who was about to bear a child so that he might devour the child as soon as it was born. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was snatched away and taken to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God, so that there she can be nourished for one thousand two hundred and sixty days. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven proclaiming, Now we have come to the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our comrades has been thrown down. Who accuses them? day and night before our God. Second reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. 
for since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all died in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ, but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to God, the Father, after he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says, all things are put in subjection, it is plain that this does not include the one who put all things in subjection under him. Gospel, Luke chapter 1 In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zachariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child lived in her home, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your home. And why has this happened to me? that the mother of my Lord comes to me. For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my home leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there will be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Hearing the word, the victory of God. Today's solemnity celebrates the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Assumption means that Mary was taken to the heavenly world 
with her body and soul. While focused on Mary, today's feast is ultimately a celebration of God's victory over all that destroys or distorts the lives of his people and indeed his creation. The first reading comes from the book of Revelation, which represents a type of literature known as apocalyptic. Apocalypses employ imaginative and often frightening versions and symbolic language to communicate their message. The vision in today's reading symbolically represents the beginning of the final conflict between God and evil. It also aims to explain to the faithful why they are experiencing attacks of evil in this world. The scene takes place in heaven where a frightening dragon attempts to destroy a newly born child. The mother of the child appears as a cosmic queen wearing a crown of twelve stars with the sun and her garment and the moon as her footstool. This majestic woman bears a child, a royal figure with supreme authority over all nations. The dragon attempts to destroy the child, but God intervenes to protect both the child and his mother. The child is taken to God's throne, while the mother is sheltered in the desert for a time. The dragon is then thrown down to earth, where he will turn his wrath against God's people. Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. This spectacular vision explains the story of God's Messiah as is made clear by the last verse of our message. The woman who gives birth to the Messiah is often identified with Mary, the mother of Jesus. However, this woman can also represent the people of Israel as suggested by her crown made of 12 stars and her life in the desert. The 12 stars symbolize the 12 tribes of Israel, while the desert alludes to the Exodus. Both interpretations are possible while the message is clear. God's Messiah came out of Israel. He was born out of an Israelite woman. He could be no other but Jesus. The dragon symbolizes 
Satan, the chief enemy of God and his people, attempted to destroy the child who was rescued by God and taken to God's throne. Here the vision alludes to Jesus who was subjected to death but subsequently was raised from the dead and ascended to God's right hand. He will then return to conclusively defeat and destroy Satan and all evil. For this reason, the vision ends with a victory song declaring salvation and the coming of God's kingdom. This victory and salvation will be described in the remaining part of the book. This vision also explains why Christians in the world are afflicted by evil while assuring them that God's final victory is on the way. Satan and his agents have already been defeated by the Messiah's death and resurrection and are powerless against God but still torment the faithful on earth. However, their fate has already been decided. It will come through the same Jesus who died, defeated death and evil through his resurrection, ascended to God and will return to complete his work of salvation. This process, however, began with his coming into the world in human flesh. Therefore Mary, an Israelite woman who brought him into the world, played a vital role in making possible God's final victory through Jesus. Writing to the Corinthians, Paul sought to provide them with a comprehensive and correct understanding of their ultimate fate. He begins with the resurrection of Jesus, whom Paul calls the first fruits of those who died. Jesus truly died, but God brought him back from the dead, thus breaking his power. Since death came into the world as a result of Adam's sin, all who share his human body die. However, all who are in Christ, risen from the dead, will be made alive again. This resurrection of the faithful will take place at the time of Jesus' return, at the end of times, called Parousia. Christ's Parousia will signal the end of history and the conclusion of God's salvation project, which will unfold in three stages. First, at Christ's return, all who belong to him will be raised and joined to him. Then Jesus will stand against all evil power and beings against every ruler, 
and every authority and power. Who oppose God? Satan included. All those hostile powers will be destroyed. Death included. Christ's authority will thus become universal and uncontested. Paul emphasized that it was God who bestowed that superior power and authority on Christ, who will now reign supreme. Thus, through Christ acting as his agent, God will purge all evil and death from his creation. This process started with Christ's death and resurrection. Even though Paul does not explicitly state it, it is obviously that to die and rise again, Jesus had to take on a human body, with Mary, Jesus' human mother, making that possible. Mary's contribution to God's ultimate victory and the renewal of creation was therefore crucial. Today's Gospel passage contains yet another proclamation of God's victory in which Mary was crucially involved. First, Luke narrates the meeting of two women whom God chose as mothers of his emissaries. Elizabeth, the mother of John, the Baptist, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Elizabeth calls Mary blessed because she carries in her womb God's ultimate blessing for humanity, Jesus, God's Savior and Messiah. Mary is also blessed because, believing the angel's word at the Annunciation, she willingly accepted her difficult role as the mother of the Savior. In this way, she made it possible for God's ultimate blessing to come into the world. Mary responded with a hymn of praise and victory. Her song resembles similar biblical victory songs pronounced by three other women, Miriam, Exodus chapter 15, Hannah, 1 Samuel chapter 2, and Judith, Judith chapter 16. These women celebrated God's salvific and life-giving interventions in their personal lives and the history of Israel. Like them, Mary will praise God for three of his salvific acts. First, Mary praises God for choosing her as the mother of the Savior. She speaks of her lowliness. After all, she was an insignificant Galilean peasant woman. Yet, by choosing her, God transformed her insignificance and obscurity into greatness to the point that she will be known and proclaimed as the Blessed One for all generations. Mary then speaks about how God comes to the rescue of those who fear Him, His faithful, suffering under the yoke of oppression and exploitation by the wealthy and powerful of this world. Mary praises God for His victory over those oppressors, resulting in a radical reversal of fortunes. Those tormentors will lose their positions and power, while God's faithful will be restored and elevated. Finally, Mary looks at her own nation, 
the Israelites, who have always lived a precarious existence, surrounded by vicious enemies and threatened with destruction. Mary praises God for his mercy shown to Israel. In the scripture, mercy always involves preserving and sustaining life. God showed mercy by time and time again, rescuing and sustaining the nation throughout its long and turbulent history. Referring to God's promise to Abraham, Mary praises God's faithfulness in the past and affirms that his mercy will continue into the future. God will prevail over any power that might seek to destroy his people. Thus, Mary's song of praise and her own life story is proclamation of God's salvation and victory continually occurring amid the human family. Today's Feast of Assumption, while focusing on Mary, celebrates God's ultimate triumph. Remembering Mary's assumption, believers are invited to contemplate their own eternal destiny. Taking Mary to heaven with her body, God showed his authority over death and evil. In her, the one who was full of grace, God's grace triumphant over death. Today's readings offer a panoramic view of his victory, which will eventually extend to all humanity. This victory of God began with the death and resurrection of God's Messiah, Jesus, whom Mary brought into the world. Mary's role in God's victory, confirmed by her assumption, sets the pattern for all believers who, like her, say, yes to God's salvific will and grace. These are those who, in the words of the psalmist, with joy and gladness, are led along as they enter the palace of the king. Listening to the Word of God The first lady of a country would normally be accorded reverence and honor on account of her unique relationship with a sitting president. She would normally have access to the presidential palace without hindrance, if a first lady has access to a presidential palace, then Mary, who is much more than a first lady, has greater access to the residence of her son. We believe that after her earthly life had run its course, the mother of Jesus was taken body and soul into heaven. The relationship between the blessed Virgin Mary and Jesus Christ is deeper than any human relationship we can conserve. Biologically, the bones and flesh of the human Jesus were all taken from Mary since Jesus had no human father. Spiritually, the relationship between Mary and Jesus was grounded on Mary's deep faith in the word of God. Mary is one of us, a created human being. However, in pondering over his story, we come to see that the grace of God can do when we enter into a relationship with the Word of God. It is transformative and makes us permanent citizens of the kingdom of heaven.
Elizabeth considered the visit of Mary to her as honorable because of the latter's relationship with the Lord. She called Mary the mother of the Lord. It is no surprise that in the gospel text, Mary is singled out of all women and called blessed among women. Such a description makes her stand tall among the inhabitants of the kingdom of heaven. There is an African proverb which states, When death finds you, may it find you alive. Mary did not receive eternal life after death. She already had eternal life running through her on account of her relationship with her son. Similarly, all who enter into a relationship with Jesus receive eternal life. When they die, they do not begin a new life. They continue to live in the newness of life they have already received in Christ, albeit in a fuller sense, having been freed from the limitations of a transient world. The solemnity of the Assumption of Mary fills every believer in Christ with the virtue of hope. In the person of Mary, we see the victory of God among humanity. In the person of Mary, we see that a seed that has life in itself rises to new life in the soul of death. Where Mary is right now, we too hope to be when our lives here on earth dovetails into eternity. When death finds you, may it find you alive. Action Self-examination What is my vision of life after death? Do I fear to die? If yes, why? And if no, why? Does the prospect of inevitable death influence my life now? In what ways? Response to God I come before God in a spirit of total surrender and with a big thirst for eternal life. Over and over again, I pray for the grace of eternal life to fill me here and now. As I do this, I take cognizance of all the things poisoning my spiritual life and I make up my mind to give them all up to the Lord. Still, in a spirit of prayer, I imagine my hour of death and envision myself alive even in death. I return to self-consciousness and express gratitude to God. Response to your world In my daily activities over the coming week, I will be attentive to all that comes to me as a blessing. I will then attempt to share those blessings in a way that others might also experience them in some measure. We seek permission and visit patients in palliative care units, in health care facilities. We engage them in dialogue and propose to them the vision of life that God offers to those who are united 
to his son Jesus Christ. Eternal Father, make my heart as docile as that of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that I may always say, Be it done unto me according to your word, for in your will lies my salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.